Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. And a very good late evening to you all. It is 11.30 and Pure Gold Extra is live and on the air for this Tuesday night. September 8th, 2015. Welcome to the show that covers just one topic tonight and talks about everything else on other nights. My name is Joe Pacino and my <laughs> tag team partner and co-host is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I'm doing good, sir. I miss the days when it was just DG and JB. That's it. Nothing else. But of course, you got to give That's all it. our information. You may, as well, you may as well give out our phone numbers and our addresses and social security numbers as well. Folks, thank you for joining us for this PG Extra. Um, those of you who haven't paid attention in the past, you know, several years, PGX is usually a show where we do uh, an abbreviated version of the show and we kind of focus on one of the topics. And of course, as always, if you'd like to be part of the show, which I'm sure nobody's listening and nobody's going to call in, the call in number is 929-477-2593. I miss the old number, sir. I forget what it was, but I miss it. It's a lot easier. Once again, 929-477-2593. And of course, check us out at puregoldpg.com, which has not been updated in I don't know how many years. JB? Yes, seven one four three six four four seven two one. If I if I recall. There that you go. A, the good, the good go. stuff. Well. Sir, the only topic of tonight, because it is Pure Gold Extra, is the topic of one Mr. Matt Harvey. And uh, let me say, this: the season, I, I guess for Met fans, nothing comes easy. And I'll just start by saying, you know, everything's rolling along. The Mets are doing great. Even tonight, down 7-1 with Mr. Harvey pitching, come back and win 8-7 on the road against the Nationals. Uh, a very impressive win, uh, no less. Uh, but Matt Harvey is the topic tonight, and the only way I could describe Matt Harvey or what I've heard the last couple of days about him is it's just a, a heel, I think of a heel move, like when Hogan turned on WCW, he just went heel. The guy was a hero for, you know, claiming to be the Dark Knight, whatever. But to turn and uh, to make some stupid-ass comments from from himself and from his agent, Scott Boris. It just has turned into a whirlwind, a, a crap storm. I don't want to say any other curse words on this show because it is PG, but yeah, it's, turned into a crap, it's turned into a crap storm for him and his uh, his agent. And, uh, sir, at this point, I, I don't know what to think of Matt Harvey, so let me, let me have you start giving your initial thoughts on what's happened over the last couple of days. Even though you just ripped Matt Harvey, you want me to start? Okay. <laughs> Um, basically, I have no no respect for Matt Harvey. I have no love love for this guy. To me, he's a prima donna. To me, he's exactly the kind of guy you do not want on this team. Exactly the kind of guy who will only be negative, will only bring a negative impact. I mean, he's talented, of course. Is he, you know, a very very you know well uh, well old machine, as it were? Yes. I mean, the guy can throw. The guy can do a great job. The guy can help the match. There's no doubt about that. But he can also help 29 other teams. And the fact of the matter is. This guy is a problem. He is what I would call a cancer in the clubhouse. Um, you know, and again, that's just from the perspective of us fans listening to him talk. 
I mean, this guy is the ultimate phony, the ultimate prima donna, the ultimate diva. And it's funny because for all of his talk about idolizing Derek Jeter, I mean, this guy, absolutely no clue. And I mean, no clue what it is to be smart, what it is to be an intelligent player, what it is to keep your, your mouth shut. I mean, if Jeter knew one thing, you know, other than how to get clutch hits, it was the fact that he knew when to shut up. He knew that he needed to be quiet. He knew that he needed to never say anything. There, you can't think of a single, and I do mean single, um, incident where Derek Jeter ever said anything that was controversial, ever said anything that got him in trouble. And you know, you know, for all we knock him, David Wright is the same way. These guys are smart. They're smart enough to know how to play the game. They're smart enough to know how to be political. And they're smart enough to stay in trouble. John Cena, another example. John Cena never says the wrong thing, ever. You, you can't even think about an incident in his career where you ever heard John Cena say something that got him in any kind of hot water. And Matt Harvey is just, this guy, you know, good riddance, to be honest with you. I hope the Mets get rid of him. I hope in the offseason they trade him for, for a monster bat, you know, maybe a first baseman, maybe someone, you know, that will help this team out. Because the truth of the matter is that as good as he is, the Mets have a bunch of other young pitching. The Mets don't need Matt Harvey. As crazy as that sounds, you know, considering we were talking about him being the dark knight and him being, you know, this gamer and him being this winning pitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Fact is, Harvey's not a winning, not a winning pitcher. He has talent, absolutely. The talent to be a winning pitcher, one hundred percent. But the problem is, you know, say whatever you want, to, not the Mets all you want. You could say the Mets are this and that. Of course, if anyone who's looking to show notes, there is no love loss for either one of us have for the Mets front office. The fact is that I stand behind him 100%. Harvey, the Mets have tried to preserve him all year long. They've tried to give him rest. They've tried to send him down. They've tried to pull early. They've tried to go six-man rotation. And what has Harvey's reaction been? You tell me. He's been against it uh, vehemently until this past week. Exactly. Arguing, complaining. The only thing I complaining. I don't want to sit down. I want to go out there and preserve the game. I want to be the offense. And now all of a sudden, well, you know, 180 innings limit that I set for myself. Really? That's the limit that you set for yourself? But basically, if the Mets hadn't switched to six-man rotation twice, and if the Mets hadn't, you know, sat you down a couple of games or a couple of times, you would have hit that limit in the middle of August, and you would have been done for the year. That See, that's where the phoniness begins. That's where the fans will see right through this. That's where Harvey, I think he lost the fans. Sir. I think this weekend, he completely lost the fans. You know, we were thinking, wow, Boris was saying this, but you know what? It's true. Like everybody in the fan said, these agents don't talk unless they have the permission of the player, unless the player has okayed it. And Harvey okayed it. He was standing out there with Boris to see, you know, kind of see what people thought. Not only did the fans hate it, but when he came out and made the comment about 180 innings, I mean, they went ballistic. I lost it. I tried explaining it to my wife, and I tried talking about it. But man, what an absolute this guy is. Yeah, but what doesn't make sense to me is that. Um... He had his operation in October of 2013, I believe, and I don't know where this 180, I don't know where this 180 inning arbitrary number comes out all of a sudden. I, I always thought it was about pitch count, and now we're talking about 180 innings. So if this guy averaged, you know, 40 pitches per inning at 180 innings, so we would look at that stat versus uh, just a pitch count. So to me, it's it's just I it's I don't get it either. You're right. Yeah. It's phony baloney on both of them, Boris and and Harvey. And I know that your your agents, your agent definitely speaks for you. But um, I think that Harvey has stepped over the line. I think I don't think he could he could come back 
to the the good side, if you will, to be a face again ever again for the Mets unless he goes out and I guess just pitches another one or two important games. And I think the Mets did him a favor tonight by obviously they did him a favor by winning tonight and now the Mets have a six-game lead, so they might not need him again until they face the Nationals again at the, the last game of the, the last series of the year. So they might actually end up saving him for the postseason. But to be honest with you, sir, what I saw tonight, if he's going to pitch like that, then who needs him anyway? Like you were saying, this guy, the only way he can win the fans back at this point is if he, he's like dominant in the playoffs if the Mets get to the playoffs, which I think after tonight I think there's a good shot that the Mets do get to the playoffs. He's got to be that dominant pitcher and pitch lights out, just like a bum garner did last year for the Giants. This guy, to, to win back the fans, Matt Harvey not only has to throw a no-hitter this season in the playoffs or in the World Series, this guy's got to single-handedly win the World Series. He's got to go up there. He's got to get three or four wins in the World Series. He's got to no-hit everyone, 40 scoreless innings, 50 scoreless innings, whatever, hit three homers and drive in 12 runs. I mean, there's no way that this guy is going to win the fans back. Absolutely 100% lock it up, throw away the key, no way. Biggest threat of his career, he absolutely bombed. And tonight proved, if nothing else, he proved the Mets can win in spite of Matt Harvey. And the Mets didn't need Harvey to help them win. Because this win tonight was unreal, sir. To be down seven for one, Harvey getting a little bit of Christmas tree, six runs, sir, and to come back. And yes, of course. The Nationals walked three straight guys, and, you know, they were horrible to pitching. Absolutely. But you know what? Mets could have got out there swinging. Mets could have got out there, you know, making stupid base running mistakes or, you know, weakly slapping at balls and running themselves out of the inning, but they didn't. The Mets are now, sir, they're a never-say-die team. They're a team that you just cannot count out. You know, they're down six runs. You expect them to go. I honestly, at this point in, in the season, I expect the Mets to come back every single game, even if they're down. Like tonight, I'm thinking, man, they're down seven to one, but they still have a chance. I can't tell you the last time I ever thought the Mets had a chance. You know, they can. There were times, you know, during the years, Mets would be down two runs, and I'm like, all oh, game's over. You know, that's it. But hopefully tomorrow it'll be better. But the fact is, they're scoring runs, they're winning games, they're coming back, they're they're doing incredible comebacks to win these games. You know. This series so far in Washington, they've come back, you know, both games, and they've they've looked great, sir. They've absolutely looked great. The pitching has not been, you know, superb. The starting pitching, but man, the relief and the, uh, you know, the, the the offense has been unreal. And look at this team, sir. It's like, when can you even remember a time when the Mets were this good, where you say, wow, you just can't count this team out, no matter how many runs they give up. Yeah, even in 2008 and 2007, when they choked away. Those, those those huge leads in September, uh, you really couldn't count on that team because their pitching wasn't really there and their their offense was decent uh, compared. But this lineup right now is just clicking on all cylinders. You got them believing, and uh, you know when you have a team that actually starts to believe in itself, you could see that what they've done over the past couple of weeks is incredible with their offense. And uh, maybe maybe Harvey actually did the Mets a favor. Maybe the Mets do go trade a bat for a big bet because they still have the Grom, Syndergaard, and um, who am I forgetting? Wheeler and Mats. Wheeler and Mats. So if you trade him and now Cespedes all of a sudden waves his five-day clause where the Mets, you know, had that uh, short window to resign him, and maybe he wants to be a Met. Can you imagine Cespedes well, in this lineup for fact, next not only, do the Met, 
not only not to show up, not only did the Mets have this, the Mets have the entire off season to resign him. The problem with what they had before was they had five days, and if they didn't sign him, which was pretty much a given, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be right. able to renegotiate with him until May fifteenth. Now the Mets have the entire off season, and you tell me the fact that Cespedes waves. Yes, you're getting another team, a big market team, even though the Mets have not spent like one. You're getting a big market team back in it. But at the end of the day, if he said, you know what, f this, I don't want to be on this team, he would. He waved this clause partially because he likes this team, partially because he maybe just maybe he wants to stay a man and he wants to be on this team, sir. Because if he didn't, he would have left it the way that it was. I don't remember, and I mean, just a weird contract, but I don't remember guys doing that. I don't remember guys having those contracts, you know, clauses and waiving them. You know, it's all about the rights of the player and the fact that he waived it. You know, to me, we love having him. He has been insanely clutch. Even tonight when he made a three-base error, he makes up with a three-run double. I mean, he's got 13 home runs. He's got close to, what, 34, 35 RBI. He's batting over 300. I mean, he's got four or five steals. I mean, he has been on fire, and he's the spark plug that the Mets needed. Look at this team. You know, uh, what was it? Somebody made the comment today, July 8th. You look at them on July 8th. You look at them September 8th. I mean, the lights out, totally different world. They bring in Cespedes. They bring in Kelly Johnson. They bring in Uribe. They bring in Clifford. This is a completely different team, and they only brought in three players into the offense. Then David Wright comes back, and he's actually hitting the ball. He looks like old David Wright. I mean, there's not a, there. Wilmer Flores has 16 home runs. I mean, there's, there really isn't a weak spot in this lineup, sir. There really isn't at this point. Um, what I what I don't want, since Harvey is the topic of the night, um, what I don't want is him ending up uh, across the river or into the Bronx or whatever. Uh, you know, I I really want at this point to trade him for a big bet because this team could really be good for for years to come with that young pitching and you know it is crazy like you said to say that we don't need Harvey but at this point Harvey needs the Mets or he needs a big team that's going to want to sign him and what I don't want to do at this point after him you know opening his mouth and his agent opening his mouth I don't want to end up being where he wants to be as a New York Yankee I want to trade him for a big bet somewhere and have him you know fall into oblivion at this point. I don't need to see him as a New York Yankee in a year or two. Well, at the end of the day, I think he will end up with, I don't think it'll be years, but I think he's only been in the majors. I think it's going to be his third. He didn't play last year, but I think he's in the eligibility. I think it's only his third year, so he's got at least a couple of years to tour, if not three years to go, before he can have like a big contract. So he's been looking out for you know, a few years into the future with his whole 180 innings fiasco. Sure, he's going to end up with the Yankees at some point. And honestly, I don't care. The Mets obviously are not going to trade him to the Yankees. Trade him to Obscurity, trade him to Detroit, trade him to a sorry team. That's fine. Get back to the, the Mets can trade him straight up one for one and get a huge bat to put in that lineup. But I just don't want this guy on my team anymore. I think he's a cancer. I think he's a problem. I think he's more in love with being a celebrity than he is being a professional athlete because all of this quote-unquote bulldog mentality, all of his, you know, big man on campus, the top jock, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff is, it's a facade. It's an absolute farce. The fact that he complained all year long, multiple times about too much pitch, you know, not pitching enough and not pitching in enough innings and enough games and getting skipped and it throws him off. He has stunk. And you know what? He said, for him to then say, oh, well, it's 180 innings, it's a joke, sir. It's an absolute joke. This guy is a sham. He is a fraud. He is a fake. And the Mets don't need a guy like this. Plus, he's the type with social media who always makes stupid comments and always gets in trouble with the fans. And 
you know, he's just not smart. I think, again, he's lost. A- I think it'll be hard to win them back. And I think that he, I think in a sense, it's crazy to say, but I think he's worn on his welcome in New York in a very short fashion. Yeah. And you can tell this is not the same team uh, from, I mean, you can't, I mean, there, there's nobody on the team except for Dave, right? But this is in 2008 and this is in 2007. The Mets had a horrible weekend in Florida against the Miami Marlins where they lost two out of three. Inexcusable, like you told me, off the air. But uh, for them to come back and then go play the Nationals in Washington and take the first two already, this tells you right here and there um, that this team believes and this team is ready for a, a serious run in October. And um, I'm getting excited. I know that they haven't clinched anything yet, but at this point for winning the first two games in um, you know in Washington, I, I think the sweep is in order. And then we could start focusing in on – um, you know, getting ready for the playoffs because up seven with I don't know how many games are left. I don't think the Mets with this pitching staff. Um, the only question I have right now is the only concern I have is their bullpen, but hopefully their bullpen is uh, much shorter. You know, they'll shorten that that bullpen up uh, when the playoffs come around. They'll probably put some starting pitching in that bullpen, which will help too. I mean, the bullpen isn't bad yet, but they've still got somebody who's been really good. They've still got Clipper who's been good. Um, you know, Addison Reed had another decent inning tonight. But, sir, this is not the same team, like you said, and, and they're not going to choke it up. You say up seven with I don't know how many games to play, but they're not going to choke it up. And the Nationals just aren't that good. The Nationals have fallen out of favor. The Mets are on the rise. The Mets are smoking hot. Yes, the Mets had a terrible weekend. And to come back, not just to win games, but to win these two games the way that they've won shows you all you need to know about this Mets team. The fact that they won tonight down six runs, and blown out with their quote unquote ace on the on the mound. You tell me that doesn't show you the Mets are a winning team. That the Mets, if nothing else, have made their dust because they are willing to get it done. They don't roll over and die. Any other Mets team would have died and they would have lost seven two, seven three. But instead, they win eight to seven, and those wins are the types of wins that make season sir. They're right, and let's not forget about you know today was an impressive win, but. If they had lost, we would have been talking about how impressive it was for them at least to win yesterday. They were up 3 nothing, and then John Neese blows up again, gives up a grand slam, and they're down 4-3, and the Mets could have easily folded up and lost that game too. They came back all the way too and won that game. So I, I think that this team has that instinct that it didn't have back in 2007-2008, that killer instinct, that, that never-say-die uh, attitude, and I think that um, you know, obviously it's the starting pitching that's that's feeding this, but now Cespedes is just carrying the team too because their pitching hasn't been as dominant as it was before they got Cespedes. But now I, I think the team is complete, and now's the time to make the run. This is the year that that we go for it all. Sir, all I can say is Cespedes for the rest of us because this <laughs> guy has been unreal. My brother and I were talking off the making show. And uh, we were talking, when was the last time you saw a guy come in here in a trade to the Mets, even a free agent, to come in here and be this effective? And the answer, sir, well, who is it? Who's wait? I didn't hear the question, sorry. Who is the last Met to come into this team via trade, or even if you want to go the route of free agency, and have this big of an impact on any Mets team? Other than Mike Piazza? Mike P, you got it. That's it. Mike Piazza. I mean, they, the Mets have not had a guy in almost 20 years come onto this team and have any sort of impact. I mean, the free agents they find end up being bought. You know, the guys they trade for never do anything. But Cespedes has come here, and he has been pretty much since day one. And once he started rolling with the home runs, I mean, he has a guy got 31 home runs, 13 
hitting home runs there. That's, that's two home runs a week, you know, on average. And he's playing up the ball. He's hitting the ball on the strength. So I'm allowed bases on runs. But kids, I mean, this guy is awesome. My only complaint is I don't understand the lineup. I mean, it's something minor that I'm really complaining about, but I want to throw it out there. I don't understand why you would put Justin batting second. I mean, this guy should be your number four hitter, right batting third, so he can give right protection, and that's for him the purpose of having him on the team. But instead, they're batting him number two and right batting cleanup, even though right didn't play for six months. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, but it's hard to question uh, a manager when things are going so well with the Mets. I mean, their lineup is clicking right now, so it's hard to, like, nip. I, I mean, we're basically nitpicking at Terry Collins' lineup. Uh, maybe it comes back to buy him in the playoffs. Hopefully it doesn't, but um, I agree with you. Cespedes should be batting third or fourth at this point, not second. I don't really understand that. And with Lucas Duda being reactivated yesterday or today, I think, um, I, I just think that this lineup is just I, – I mean, it's hard to believe that I'm saying that this lineup is lethal because back in May and June, the Mets – you know, if the Mets gave up more than two runs or three runs, you know that they were going to lose 3-1 or 2-1 or 3-2. Or, or uh, now it's just like this team could be down eight nothing and they'll come back because this lineup is just on fire and and they've kept I mean yeah. they, they, they haven't been there hasn't been a slump with this lineup yet the way it's been so it's been crazy. Yeah, I mean you know you look at this any way you want to measure any scale, uh, you know and and if the Mets just have a good lineup they have a good team and the fact that they have a guy like Kadir coming off the bench since his injury and you know rehab and all that he's come back he's been really good. Um, you have a Kelly Johnson, a guy who can hit. You got a Naribe who's clutch as can be. I mean, the Mets have options on this team, on this bench, to say, wow, put this guy in, put this guy in, put this guy in. And guys you know can produce. So the Mets have a, a really good group of players now and a great team concept that they didn't have at the beginning of the year. And I really think that this, this trade deadline, Sandy won over a lot of Mets fans. And I think that goodwill is, has been, you know, the offsetting of, of course, Matt Harvey. I think it helps because fans have got to be on Sandy's side. I don't see how anybody on the planet, not even Pedro Martinez, I don't see how anybody could be on Matt Harvey's side in this situation, sir. I I totally agree with you. And um, at this point, like you said, um, if 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 this is the way he's going to be, then so be it. And maybe this is a blessing in disguise where we could actually go trade him for a big bat because – um, yes, it would be great to have Cespedes, but you know that that to me is a fifty-fifty at this point. Um, did you know, by the way, Cespedes is thirty years old? I, I didn't realize that until I just checked the stats the other day. He's already thirty years old, sir. Wait, say that again. Uh, Cespedes is thirty years old, which uh, I thought he was a little bit on the older side. I, I couldn't believe when I found out he was thirty years old already. Uh, you said he was older or younger? No, he's he's thirty years old. I thought he's like I thought he was like twenty seven or twenty eight, maybe you know twenty six. But I didn't know he was thirty years old. Okay, yeah, that said something totally different. Well, at that if he's thirty, right? So I would say yeah. give him. What the best to do is give him a five year contract and that's it. You know, it's seven, eight year, ten year contract like what they do with David Wright. Those contracts never work out. They're terrible, and it makes no sense because the younger a guy is, the better off he's going to have a chance if he has a big year to get another contract. So I would think I'd and then that way you're still relatively young by the end of the, the contract and you can come back and have another big one as opposed to a seven-year, eight-year deal where, you know, you could be losing money at the end of the contract, you know, depending on, let's say you're 26, you're a star, you're on top, like, you know, Giancarlo Stan, and he sends his 85-year contract where by the time it's over, he stinks. 
I mean, to me, it just makes more sense to have guys, you know, sign stronger contracts, make a ton of money in a short period, and then, you know, go again for free agency. Why Why not, sir? I don't get the idea of a long-term contract. It's, it's been proven, though, that, that players do play much better on their contract year, and this is Cespedes' uh, contract year. So I, I don't know if, you know, if you sign long-term, I don't, do you, do you think this guy could produce like long term, or do you think that he's just working for a contract? Because you, we know how that works with these players. Of course. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Can I hear you for a second? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Uh, I don't know what happened because I was, I mean, I, I, my phone wasn't on mute or anything. So I don't know. No, I'm saying when you look at the guy like Cespedes and the fact that he, he's hit so well and he's been so productive and, you know, he's been this good in this uniform, I mean, that that says a lot to me. And, again, give him four or five years, you know, back up the truck, give him give him a boatload of cash. I mean, the best could be good for a long time with a guy like that. Are you confident with Familia at this point? I know he's had a couple hiccups here and there, but are you confident that he's not another Benitez? I mean, as confident as I can, I know one is Armando Benitez, Armando Benitez, but, you know, um, the best of that in history is he closes the future of Franco and look at anybody that's really put on that uniform and tries to close out games. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's been good in the ring. Um, and he's done pretty good so far this year, sir, so let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the Mets are they're lined up to face the L.A. Dodgers at this point because you figure the Cardinals are going to play the winner of the two wild cards uh, game or whoever gets in the wild card game. So, the I mean, I would love to have the two the first two games to be at home and have the L.A. Dodgers come here. But um, at this point, I think the Mets could play on the road or at home just the same. I, that's how good this team has been the last couple months. And, um you know, I'm getting excited, but I I still think there's a long way to go. I think obviously if the Mets sweep them, sweep the Nets tomorrow, I think they'll be in great shape to make the playoffs. Um, and at that point, then maybe you know this whole controversy with Dave, um, with Matt Harvey, you know, quells down because you probably don't won't need him anymore anyway. And this whole arbitrary 108 innings, he'll be able to shut it down. And and who knows how he'll be when you shut it down? That's the other the the other I guess debate is is if you shut him down for the rest of the year and you wait for the playoffs, what if he's rusty and what if he doesn't have it? I mean, you you got to have a short plug with this guy at this point, especially after he turned heel. Him and Boris turned NWO on WCW at this point. That's how the best comparison I have is that he just went heel uh, after being a babyface. Yeah, I agree, sir. I 100% agree, and I'm hoping that he gets a low blow and he gets uh, you know, rock bottom to a table. So that's all I can wish for. Yeah. Just like, uh, remember in, like, uh, The Dark Knight, uh, basically, Batman goes heel just to save, uh, say, you know, he, he's the, the, the heel that everybody, the city needs, not the, the baby face that they want. <laughs> yeah, something like that, sir. <laughs> you, you're, you're a fool, that's all I can say. Thank you. That's all I got for PG Extra, sir, unless you got any nuggets to throw out for the last couple minutes. Um... No, nothing I can think of. I mean, if you want to touch WWE real quick, I mean, I'm looking forward to this thing wrestling for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against Seth Rollins. It should be interesting. I mean, fans seem to like things. I'd love to see 
want to win that strap and, you know, put the belt around his waist to say he's won both titles, one of them very solid Monday, about how Sting needed to cement his legacy. And stuff like that bothers me. You know, this guy is, what, like a six-time WCW champion, one of the greatest of all time. I'm pretty sure he cemented his legacy at this point, but... I mean, to have him win, this is going to be his second big loss on a pay-per-view. I just don't understand that guy has yet to win in this company. So I'm hoping he gets the win on any champion, sir. I hope he does, too, especially if it's a uh, not a lengthy run, but a, a decent run, just to, some, uh, just to say that he was the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. What I don't understand with this whole storyline is how, um, and I like how they're building Seth Rollins, or, or not building Seth Rollins, or actually breaking him down, breaking his character down to be this insecure world heavyweight champion at this point, but what I don't understand is how, why and how Triple H is going to end up fighting Seth Rollins as a, because, uh, you know, you figure the authority as a heel um, works for, for wrestling, but to have Seth Rollins go either babyface or have two heels fight each other, I don't understand why they want, or they're, they're actually giving clues that Triple H will actually fight Seth Rollins in the near future. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, I agree. It doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens as far as the WWE goes. I just wanted to throw that out there with Sting. I mean, again, I'd love to see him <laughs> WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That would be a sight to be old, sir. That would. And we'll probably catch up more hopefully next week uh, on our regularly scheduled time of 11 o'clock instead of 11.30 where we could talk about everything and anything, not just Matt Harvey. Absolutely, sir. I, uh, I agree. I mean, we did get to touch... On a little bit more Mets stuff, we got to at least, you know, vaguely discuss uh, the WWE. So it wasn't a it wasn't a total loss, as it were. Um, you know, I'm excited. I think that this is going to be a hell of a year for the Mets, and it's something that none of us thought was even possible. And yet here we are. You know, here we are at the end of the day with the Mets in in a great position. So I'm excited about that, sir. But hopefully, again. Like you said, we will talk next week, and it'll be a it'll be a great show as always. Um, yeah, as, this... as we always do, you know, we just gotta thank the fans, the two of you out there listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we will uh, see you next week. Woo! What's the name of your show? Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Woo! Uh, let's go, Mets.